ho, 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 everybody, and welcome to <laughs> the first ever Christmas you... special episode <laughs> of Reboot Already Underway. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Jingle Bells Lacey, with my co-host, Aaron, Aaron no. Holiday Han. Uh, Aaron, hello. I didn't good tell goodbye. him about any of this. Good, goodbye <laughs> after all that. <laughs> I, I did not warn him this was coming. Uh, David, not with us again this week. Uh, finals week is upon us. Uh, you know, taking, uh, you know, too many, too many kids. You know, it's a real epidemic, the, the finals. <laughs> I don't know, man. But we are here. Uh, we're gonna talk about movies, of course. That's what we do. That's what we do here. But it is Christmas. There will be this Christmas episode, and then next week will be another Christmas episode, and then, oh. uh, back to normal stuff so yeah hope you enjoyed that new intro music for the christmas episode uh hopefully it was jolly put you in a happy christmas mood and uh yeah i don't know aaron you want to talk you want to talk about some uh holiday specials some tv christmas specials we didn't like pick i didn't have us like pick just one or two let's just talk about them because like there is no like greatest christmas special they're all pretty bad oh no what Oh, well, Peanuts. The Peanuts Christmas Yeah, special. I was, was going to say, Christmas. a Charlie Brown Christmas is obviously the best. Yeah. The pinnacle of Christmas specials. It really is. Uh, and that's beca- that makes it harder to watch any other Christmas special because all of them are just so bad um, in comparison. But, yeah, you got, you got Snoopy's stuff. He's the Red Baron. Or he's not the Red Baron. He's, he's fighting the Red Baron. <laughs> That's like, the twist. That's the twist for like the next special. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Fast and Furious, but when Snoopy, <laughs> we thought you were our friend. Don't lie, you you would watch that. I would. Um, yeah, I mean, you love the Peanuts, so maybe you want to yeah. talk a little bit more about this because this is like your your jam. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much why I can like. It, I guess it's considered the best by many, but I consider it my favorite because you know I've just always been such a fan of the comic. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could actually describe what appeals to me, but it's wholesome, it like about wholesome it. But I, I don't know. But I've just always really enjoyed the comic, and then the Christmas special is just like perfect. You know, you got your great uh, music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got your great. That's about it. You got great music. <laughs> that's that's the only good part because there are Christmas specials with better music than this one. <laughs> no, you got. <laughs> that was just the only thing I could think of. It. I'm thinking <laughs> of it now. I'm like, it's been a while since I've watched this. I don't even remember what happens all that much. Well, you know, he goes he to buy little, the Christmas well, tree. You got the the great comedic shot where they put the bulb on the top of the tree and it just bends over. I mean, that's a good one. Right. right. Um, I don't know. I like the Great Pumpkin quite a bit. That TV special. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, or because you know you got right. the classic Ryan line. I got a rock. It's the best. But uh, Christmas is up there too. Um, you know, you got them. Schroeder's playing the piano and they're all dancing around or whatever. Oh yeah, that's where I get all my dance moves from. Is is just that that <laughs> it joke. really is. Everyone listening, like that's that's the truth. <laughs> like he's not joking. <laughs> they think I'm joking, but no, that's the truth. 
I mean, I I think I can maybe explain why the peanut special is so loved by me at least, where it's it's just a it's tradition at this point. Just watch it every year, you know. It it mm-hmm. takes you back to a time and place when you're a kid. You're, you're like, oh, Snoopy's funny, and then you get a little bit older, and you're like, oh, well, that's a pretty good message to this, and you're like, oh, like Christmas is cool because as a kid, you love Christmas. You love everything about Christmas. So mm-hmm. obviously, you're gonna love this this cartoon Christmas thing. All right. There are like some Christmas specials, which I think we can talk about some bad ones, maybe. Um, All right. That are just horrible. Uh, God, what's the one? It's the one where it's about how Santa became Santa, and it's so freaking boring. Oh, what is it called? Santa Claus is coming to town. It's like the easiest yes. title. How did I forget this? <laughs> I liked that as a kid. That's, that's not that bad. I don't like it anymore. I I remember watching it as a kid, loving it. Um, but all right, what's a bad one for you then? If that's not. If we're, are, are we switching to bad ones? I mean, might as well. It's just it's just conversation. Let's just keep it flowing. I don't... Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Oh, God. Yeah, that one's about. really bad. That one is isn't really there like bad. A, isn't there like a court case in that or something? Yeah. It's like it's like B-movie. <laughs> it's like reindeers. B-movie. Like, stop making your animated movies revolve around court cases. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's that one's bad. There's, uh... God, there was one that I... Remember, but I can't... Frosty the Snowman, not a fan. Original Frosty the Snowman, is that? It's all right, I suppose. It's very one note. It's like you know this one Frosty the Snowman song. It's gonna go throughout the whole special. <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs> but back to good ones. Uh, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yes, uh, that'd be my number two. Yeah, that one. That one has great music throughout. Um, Looking at me like I'm like I'm wrong on that, but I don't know. No, I'm just like I'm uh, like, why are you so uh, down with the music on this one and not on Charlie Brown at Christmas? Why am I so down on it? Oh, you mean like why am I good with this music on this one? Yeah. Well, Charlie Brown Christmas. A lot of Christmas songs we already know. You got Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Everyone knows that song. Hey, get out of here with that. Get some originality. <laughs> <laughs> like. But with uh, but that's what you were you were talking about like the wholesome Christmas yeah. pure version of Christmas uh, just now don't get me wrong I'm not saying that Peanuts has bad Christmas music I'm just saying it's not as good as the Grinch's Christmas music all right fine 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 we can move on okay um one I do really yeah I just to... oh yeah no Grinch Grinch oh I, I was saying move on to just. Talking back about the Grinch. Oh, talk about it. I mean, I, th- I think I just love this because it just has like that hint of darkness, you know. Like it's not like a dark. No, 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 no. Storyline, but it's just like the fact that we're following the evil dude. It's like it's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, and uh, better than the live action remake um, by that's by yeah. <laughs> a landslide better. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I like the narration throughout. It's like you're reading the book, I think is the best part. And maybe that's weird to hear from us, for people who are like, oh, books to movies, never, like, they're not as good or whatever. But I think this one works because it is just like someone reading that storybook to you. It is like right, you know, I mean, sitting next to the fire and l- listening to someone read this classic Dr. Seuss story to you. 
Yeah, it's not like the live action version where they stretch it into like an hour and a half. Right. And then they add all this material about like him as a kid, and it's like, yeah. what are you doing? Why? <laughs> Why Jim Carrey? Why Jim Carrey? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Grinch. You want to move on from Grinch? You want to talk about sure. uh, the year without a Santa Claus? One of my favorites. <laughs> that one has good music. Oh my god, Heat Miser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh god, that song, man. Even when it's not Christmas, it gets stuck in my head all the time. I'm like, yes. I honestly could not tell you a single thing that happens in that Christmas special other than that song. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm right there with you. I thinking about like I don't even know what the context for the song is. Um, cause all right, so I remember this much. Santa is like sick or something. So right, right. Mrs. Claus goes with uh, one of the reindeer, probably Rudolph, I don't know which one, um, and an elf to, like, um, to, <laughs> I don't know what, what this is about, I don't know what this is about, I think they need to, like, make the weather better so Santa will feel better, or something to that effect, I don't remember exactly, but they go to the heat miser to ask him to, like, make it warmer, he's like, I can't, because my brother, the, the snow miser, or whatever his name was, he won't let me. So it's like, okay, let's go to Snow Miser. And he's like, yeah, I can totally do that. And it's like, well, what was the big conflict here? This is just a fetch quest of a, of a TV show. And then Mother Nature is in there eventually. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's good for that one song. What? Maybe I need to rewatch this this uh, Christmas yeah, season. I might need to as well. But, I mean... It I, I'm, I, I'm assuming it's one of the good ones, so... Oh, yeah. I, I think it's good just for the animation alone. Just... Just that stop motion kind of like it makes you feel Christmas, even if it's not good. <laughs> like, because I don't know how you feel about Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Personally, right. not a fan. Yeah, and but it's like I'll still watch it every year because it's just so like well. It's not even well animated. It's just animated, and you're like, it's so, it's so. <laughs> That's how Laura's standards are. <laughs> yeah, it's so choppy. And like endearing because of it, you're just like, huh? They kind of tried with this one. <laughs> like, so did, so I went on Wikipedia okay. to look up the plot for the Year Without Santa Claus, and apparently, there was a link. There was a live action remake done in 2006. What with with John Goodman as Santa Claus? I I think I need to watch this one instead. Who who played Heat Miser and Snow Miser? Because I need to know now. I need to know. Um, Michael McKean okay. played Snow Miser and Harvey Firestein as Heat Miser. <laughs> okay. I think I need to watch this as well. This is very interesting to me. <laughs> How is this real? <laughs> Why did you do this, NBC? Oh, Why? NBC, man. No, I mean, we can kind of talk about this. Every year, there's a Christmas musical on NBC now. Um, there is? Yeah. There like, like a Christmas-themed or just like the regular Well, they musical? do like a December musical, which is kind of Christmassy. Oh, okay. Like, they do it for Christmas, I think, because they did Pam the one year. I'm like, how is this Christmas? But all right, guys. I don't think they're supposed to be Christmassy, though. But they did Sound of Music first, so you're like, Christmassy. I get it. But that's... What? When I think Sound of Music, I think Christmas. What? What? I'm not even kidding. Why? Wait. How? 
There's a Christmas song in there. That doesn't make it a Christmas movie. It's like when they show Harry Potter 1 uh, and, like, the 25 Days Harry of Christmas. Potter, like, this isn't a Christmas Harry movie. Harry Potter is a Christmas movie. Just because it has one scene Die that takes Hard place at Christmas, Christmas doesn't make movie. it a Christmas movie. <laughs> no, we're talking about Christmas movies next week. We can't be doing this right now. Um, now, you want to talk about TV specials? Like, just yeah. specials of TV shows that are... Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Um, Always Sunny. Always Sunny Christmas. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And probably my favorite... There is one that's better. We'll get to it. I don't know if you can count it. But uh, but my favorite sitcom Christmas episode. I mean, Always Sunny's kind of a sitcom, I guess. It's a situational mm-hmm. comedy. That's what it stands for. And did you know that? I, I did know that, believe it or not. It's a pretty deep cut on the album of, uh, <laughs> of TV, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's a Christmas special <laughs> you really love her? For like a a regular TV show, yeah, just a regular a TV show. Yeah, what's a Christmas special you love? Mm. I really, I think I watched the. You haven't gotten to these episodes yet, but the Community Christmas episodes, like not I the like not it. the first season one. First season one's not that great, but the second season one, when they did a stop motion episode. Oh, okay, very nice. And and then the third season one where they did a musical episode. Like, those two episodes will go back and rewatch, because those are really good. That stuff sounds interesting to me. It's just getting to that in community that I'm like, right. oh my you're god. Right, almost, you're almost there. You just gotta stick with it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you like about it? Just because they're... I, I, well, I like the, they're like just like the pitch-perfect parody of like mm-hmm. the stop-motion kind of Christmas special with all the weird songs and like the forced christmas message and all that stuff and then like the the musical episodes gets like really mean against glee and it's <laughs> it's great we always love that we love getting mean against glee in the, on this show <laughs> for their complete and blatant stealing of some songs <laughs> like you didn't ask permission how can you use this <laughs> um Okay, community. Uh, let's see. Now, here's one that would be my favorite. We got to figure out if this counts. All right. Um, the Constant, the episode of Lost that takes place on Christmas Day. I don't know if it counts. Because, spoilers for season four of Lost, just this one scene. Because he called, no, if you've never seen Lost, this will never make sense to you. So, you're not getting that <laughs> spoiled. Um, where Desmond calls Penny on the phone and there's a Christmas tree in the background. At the very end of the episode. Okay. I, At I, the very end of the episode, there's a shot of a Christmas tree. But and what, so you're calling this no, a Christmas but, special? But there's a point where Desmond, like, he has, like, his first few flashes back to the past. But then he, like, wakes up again and, and Saeed's just kind of there. It's Christmas. <laughs> We've been here four months. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do my, like, British Saeed voice, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> No, you it sounded like Ringo for some reason. <laughs> I can't do British when I, I can't do a British accent when I'm being asked to or when I'm asking myself to, but I can do it just I don't believe you can do it ever. I can do it in my mind, in my mind's eye. I, that, <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah, you're probably right. 
<laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna say the, that if that can count, if the episode The Constant, my favorite episode of Lost, can count as a Christmas special, that's favorite Christmas special of all time. Well done. Got another one? Yeah. I well, okay. Okay. You know what's another good one? What? The Johnny Bravo Christmas <sighs> special. Oh my god, I this is a deep cut. Alright. <laughs> and it's a it's just really great for, like, this one moment. So, like, the plot of the special is, like, he forgot to mail his Christmas cards to Santa. And so, it's, like, he, in order to get them to Santa on time, he has to, like, go to the North Pole. So, at one point, he's, like, on a plane with, like, this little girl. And all of a sudden, they hit this something with their plane. And they, like, look on the windshield. And it's Donny Osmond. It's Donny Osmond playing Donny Osmond in Why? the Christmas special. And they just hit him with their plane. And it's just like my brothers and I were watching this like one Christmas. Like we didn't even really remember this special. I don't think we even really watched Johnny Bravo as a kid. But and then just that moment happened, and we're like, "This is gonna be a tradition." This. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. Oh god! All right. Well, if we're talking about <laughs> cartoons from being children. Um, mm-hmm. that, that we love Christmas specials of, uh, we can go the Spongebob Christmas special, uh, the one where Sandy tells him about Santa, and it has one of the greatest songs of all time, where, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I remember, keep, keep going, I don't know if okay. I remember this. Well, it, they all, like, write their letters to Santa, and they put them in this thing, and they shoot them up to the surface, and, uh, it, really the only reason it's good is because of the one song. Um, and I can't even remember how it goes right now, but this Christmas feels like the very first Christmas to me was the the song, and uh, it ends up with with Squidward pretending to be Santa at the end, and because he like made SpongeBob feel bad because he's like, oh, Santa's not real or whatever the whole time, and then uh, eventually he's like, you know, I, I was I was being a real a real, and then it like cuts to like the donkey. It's like, hey, huh? <laughs> and he's like, it's like, is that their way of saying you? <laughs> like, okay. But then he like pretends to be Santa and gives everyone all the stuff in his house as gifts. And it was just kind of a nice moral. And then Santa flies away through the night. This was very early on in the show, I, I think. I honestly do not think I've ever seen this episode. Oh my God. It, it's a, to be honest, if you didn't watch it as a kid, not sure it would hold up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> but we we watch it every year um, now because it's just one of the best. Um, and of course, there's just like snow themed episodes of SpongeBob, or there's like the snowball fight or whatever. All right, I don't think those no. count as Christmas though. No. So. But all right, you got another one? Not off the top of my head. I have another one if if you're if you're right. yeah. looking for one. Uh The Office has great Christmas specials throughout. True. Um but my favorite one, I'm I'm just gonna pick one as my favorite. Uh it's the one where they do the I don't know if it's Secret Santa or White Elephant. No, it's Secret Santa and then it turns into a white elephant gift. Oh yeah, yeah, the gift exchange. Uh, yeah, yeah, because no, Michael great. uh he buys an iPod for someone and then he gets the oven mitts from uh from Phyllis, <laughs> and just like the moment where he just like looks at, him, he's like, oh, "Okay, all right," and just throws him on the ground and like walks out, and Phyllis looks like she's about to cry just every time it gets me. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, and then there's, uh, you know, I'm gonna mention another one. There's the one where 
Phyllis's Santa at the office and they're all like sitting on her lap and he comes out as Jesus and they're like, you can't do that. You can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, those are great. Any office Christmas special, watch. All good. Uh, Maybe not season eight. There's one in season eight that I'm like, eh, okay. Well, season eight in general. It's not good. Aaron, you got another one or no? No. All right. Well, I'm just going to mention one more. And then we'll kind of move on from Christmas specials because next week we're talking about Christmas movies. And that's going to be the real debate um, on what's the best Christmas movie of all time. Um, but Parks and Rec has some good Christmas specials. I love Parks and Rec, so of course I'm going to be like, love me some Christmas. So, <laughs> you know, you mix them together, you get a good time. It's the one where they, they build uh, Leslie the, the gingerbread house and... Remember that one, Ron Swanson? He just gets uh, really upset because he doesn't know how he can like build stuff, but he can't build stuff with gingerbread cookies. Oh right, he gets yeah. So angry. I know what you're talking about. That's a good one. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to talk about Christmas specials. They're they're an important part of American society, I think. Yeah. Which I, I... might say something <laughs> about American society, but <laughs> I I don't know what it's saying, but it's saying something. All right, let's move on, Aaron. Let's move on to the upcoming movies of the week. We got a Star Wars movie, boys. Let's bring it in. (laughs) (laughs) So Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Is this what we're saying? Yeah, let's start start at Rogue One. Okay. Comes out this week. Indeed. Aaron. Yes. You were telling me a little bit about your experience with Rogue One. T- tell me a little bit about how you've been feeling since the beginning. Oh, well, like I was saying to you, I felt like everyone, not, not that they were like thinking it was going to be a bad film, but a lot of people seem to be like, yeah, it's, you know, do we really need this film? Is it going to be a necessary story or is it just like a cash grab? I mean, like it is, it like is cash a cash grab, grab. but... but <laughs> But I think since everyone else was, like, so not negative towards it, but just, like, tempering their expectations, I just kind of, I allowed myself to get more hyped up for this one than I usually do for some of these films. So I'm pretty excited. And by all accounts, it's pretty good. Yeah. People are saying it's the, the, it's Empire Levels of Great, which... I don't believe nope, that. I don't believe but. that at all. Kevin Smith said that. I love you, Kevin Smith. But you also said Suicide Squad was a good movie. <laughs> so I did too, Kevin. Kevin, it's okay. I said it too. But I think we just need to learn and grow from these experiences, not live in them. <laughs> so let's just... <laughs> Kevin Smith has like not grown as a person in like the last ten years. <laughs> Yeah, but you love him, though. It's just like, oh, Kevin. Yeah. Come on, Kevin. Get over here, Kevin. Give me a hug, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, Um, no, nothing against the guy. No. So, opposite side of Aaron, I am one of those people who has been tempering my expectations. Um, Even now knowing that people are saying it's great, I'm still kind of like, we'll see. We'll see about this one. I think it'll be good. I don't mm-hmm. know that it'll be Star Wars good, though, which 
There's the question. Well, like, what's your, what's your yeah. standard for the Star Wars good? It's like, like, what does like, that even mean? Original trilogy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars good, I'm assuming. Yeah. And so not... Original trilogy in seven. Because if you were, like, trying to, like, average out the mm-hmm. Star Wars level of quality, then, you know, the prequels are just going to, like, drag it all the way down. If we pretend it's... If we pretend the prequels never happened, Star Wars good. Yes, that's, that's a term. Okay. Um... This might be the first prequel that's actually good, though. So, hey, what do you know? It's technically a prequel. That's that's true. I didn't think of it like that. It <laughs> it is a Star Wars prequel. Look at that. <laughs> I didn't even think of that before. Now, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't get excited for it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I've been getting more excited recently. Uh, the Battlefront DLC for Rogue One dropped like a week ago for season pass holders. So I've been playing mm-hmm. that. I've been kind of learning like the character and like uh, Krennic's character, the villain. Um, and they're they're interesting. He's the villain in the actual movie. Yes, yes. He's like the weapons. Uh, he's like the weapons designer or whatever. He's the tech. So I'm assuming that's who they're stealing the plans from. Um, and. I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited to see it. Star Wars is so linked to me as a human being. Like, it, Star Wars is one of the things that makes me me. And I know, oh, Jacob's a, a real special snowflake over here. He loves Star Wars. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Star Wars is just one of those things that's touched so many people's lives and being one of those people. I mean, anytime there's a new Star Wars thing, I'm like, sign me up. Except for the cartoons. Can't get into the cartoons. It's the only thing. But... It's like, how much have you watched style. of, like, them, though? So I, th- I think Clone Wars, the thing is, like, it's really uneven. Like, I guess it's uneven throughout the entire run, <laughs> but, like, when it, you know, when it's on point, then it's just, like, it's really good. Well, have you watched Rebels or no? I've been meaning to, but, like, they haven't, like, put it on any streaming yeah. services, so. Disney knows what they're doing. They're not dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't, I don't want to, you know pay like 60 bucks for the blu-rays just right. yet although i am very interested in seeing it this because is my, you know this is my problem with the cartoons they all have like this weird animation style that's like just completely turns me off like everything's jagged edged and like but also like way too clean i'm just like it, and it feels empty to me like there's all these like, yeah. empty backgrounds and i'm like it doesn't feel real like it feels like Here's some computer. Well, I mean, it is. This is what it is. But you can make it feel good. <laughs> it's like here's this computer generated thing, and then here's this one. And they're just gonna talk for a little bit, and they're the only things that exist in this world at this moment. <laughs> like, does right? That make sense? But I, I see where you're coming from. And it's the like, same problem with the prequels, I, really. I, 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 it's yeah. I mean, that's kind of like what it is. But there's still some really good animation. It's it's really good at that style of animation. Like if you compare it to something like uh, Beware the Batman, which yeah. did that same kind of style of animation, but it was like it really didn't work at all because he'd be like it would be like Batman in Gotham City, like racing down Gotham City in his Batmobile, and then he'll come across just the villain, and it's like literally just like the two of them all alone in Gotham City, and it's just like the most awkward uh, environment possible because it's just like. Yeah. There's no one else here. This, this metropolitan city is just yeah. entirely well, empty. I hate to, I mean, we're getting a bit off tangent, but I, I hate to get too <laughs> far off track, but 
the Star Wars Clone Wars show that was hand-drawn animated mm-hmm. was awesome. It was just like six episodes or something to that effect, or a season or something. Well, no, it was like it was released in like five-minute increments. That's right, that's right. That was awesome because it there was so much happening. Like, like it felt lived in. And I understand that computer-generated cartoons are expensive, but maybe just pick something that will actually... Make your cartoon better, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, too far off tangent. Too far off tangent. Rogue One. Um, Aaron, how do you think... Because personally, I do not believe this is the only time we're going to see this Jyn Erso character. I mean, do you hmm. think... She, I think she might have a bigger part as a whole of the whole series. I don't, I don't think so. Because I think, like... I mean, where else would they take her? Because, like, they're not going to do a sequel to Rogue One. They no. already established that. It's called uh, A New Hope. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and now the the sequel trilogy is, you know, like, what is it, 30 years later? Right. I'm not saying it has to be more. Felicity Jones. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious, though, because, like, this is the first entirely standalone story in the Star Wars universe. I mean, I arguably the fourth the original was a standalone story, mm-hmm. but you know, this is one where they're, they've designed it with an end point for the, you know, like it's not yeah. building a whole new trilogy on this, like force awakens did where they left so many plot threads open. It's like, there's going to be an end to this story. And right. so I'm almost hopeful that they take advantage of that mm-hmm. and actually like give us a, give us a closure on these characters. Yeah. So I'm almost hoping they don't bring her up I'm, later. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I mean, if they do, I'd be like, okay, at least I already know this character. Maybe she's important to either the Empire or the Rebels, depending on how the story goes. Um, but it just feels strange to me that they do this story. You're telling me you get three spinoff stories and you do Rogue One as one of yours? Like... It's going to be cool to see this happen, but like this is where you decide to go with it. It seems like maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, I was, better. I was almost gonna say, you know, I think there, there's an appeal in seeing like the the Death Star back in action, but now with modern special effects. But then I was kind of like, well, I guess they kind of had their Death Star in Episode <laughs> yeah. Seven. There, we didn't yeah. really know that at the time that uh, Rogue One was announced, but now yeah. we're like, oh, they they did another Death Star. <laughs> That, that's great. And it was awesome, Thanks Aaron. for that. <laughs> um, this one was that's a real planet, Just what though. we wanted. We wanted we wanted another Death Star. Thanks, thanks <sighs> Disney. <laughs> no, I'm just trashing Force Awakens. I didn't even hate the movie. No, I don't understand how you could... Like, I understand it's very samey, but it, it needed to be that way for a reason, I think. I think it was important for them to be like, hey, this is back to the things you love. Now we can tell an original story after this. I also think have have you read the Star Wars Ring Theory? Star Wars the, the essay. It's like it's like an academic essay someone wrote about the structure of the Star Wars saga. And it was just like it was very fascinating. And basically having Star Wars Episode Seven mirror episode four fits into that theory. So I'm I'll I'll send you the link because okay, it's yeah, very I definitely want interesting to read, that. read. Um yeah, I, I, Rogue One, seeing it this weekend, so uh, will you see it 
Not for this next week, but for the week after? I'll definitely see it before the week after. Okay. I'm hoping I'll still see it this weekend, but of course I'm traveling on Friday, right. so I won't be able to see it opening day. Right. Um, so you'll 100% guaranteed get a spoiler cast of Rogue One. Um, you know, we do that for all the big movies, so here you go. <laughs> all the big ones, like all the Marvel and DC movies. Yeah, basically. Marvel, DC, and now Star Wars, I guess, now that that's a yearly thing. I just want to make it clear, I am never going to take this for granted that we get a Star Wars movie every year now. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I understand how, I'm not jaded in this way, I understand this is like a huge thing. <laughs> so, it's exciting, even though I'm not completely sold yet. Um, <laughs> we need that Boba Fett movie though, 2019, Boba Fett. Make it happen, I mean, Disney. I guess. Make it happen, Disney. Boba Fett's not that interesting. Boba Fett is interesting, but the prequels made him a little kid, a little whiny kid who's just a clone That's of That's canon his dad. now. You can't escape that. No, you can't. Did you hear the theory? And it's a theory that I really hope yes, is true. Yes, I've heard the theory. But that's still not going to make a very compelling character. Uh, he's awesome. He has a jetpack and a rocket wrist. <laughs> he has cool toys. He, gets, he dies. Like, so, so <laughs> he does die in the worst. He's, way he's so lame. It's just like, why did you do this? He could have been a bigger part of the movie. Why did you kill him off in the beginning? Like, it's so dumb. He was the OG Darth Maul. That's what it was. Kill oh him off God, early. It really was. <laughs> but comic books are canon now, right? The ones published after right. Disney took it over, so yeah. Boba Fett is awesome in the comic books. So there we go. His character is compelling already just from the comic books. Fine. That's different than having a movie centered on him, though. That's a good point. Anyway, guys, let's move on to the next movie, Collateral Beauty, the Will Smith joint, uh, starring. I'm all... not. I'm not feeling it. You're not feeling it. I'm not feeling this movie at all. What are you not feeling about it? It's so cheesy. He's like, oh, I get to talk to love and time, and what's the third one? Uh, death. And death. It's like, why? Why? I, I don't care. Now, Aaron, that leaves me with the question, why do you hate A Christmas Carol? Why do you hate it? I don't hate A Christmas Carol. It sounds Carol. like you hate A Christmas Carol. This isn't A same, Christmas Carol. It's the same thing, but with three different no. characters instead of Christmas, future, past, and present. Okay, maybe I do hate A Christmas Carol, then. You hate okay? A Christmas Carol? Maybe, maybe, maybe I do. I like hot, I like hot take, people. Goes. Aaron hates A Christmas Carol. Every incarnation, there's no, not a no, good no. one for him. I like the beginning, when he gets haunted by the ghost of the dude. I forget his name, Jer currently. Jacobs, something Jacobs. And then I like the ghost of Christmas Future. Those are the good parts of the story. Which is the present one? I don't remember what happens with the Christmas present guy. He's just he just takes them to the the family's Christmas dinner and like how they don't have anything. Yeah, that one's boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling Collateral Beauty per- personally. Um, I think it has a great cast. And again, a great cast, a good movie does not make. But I think Edward Norton. I'm just like, Edward Norton, I'm down for all your movies now, bro. Just give me more Edward Norton. I know he's probably... Wait, when did this happen? I don't know. I just I just, I see him in that trailer. I'm like, mm, give me more Edward Norton. I know he's probably a <laughs> just horrible person on set, but whatever. Just His acting is just, mm, give it to me. Except for in Hulk. He's not good in Hulk. I was just going to say, do you want him back as Hulk then? No, I don't. I like Mark Ruffalo as uh, Bruce Banner actually quite a bit. I don't know. What, okay, what are I mean, you I will. I will concede that it has a good cast, mm-hmm. but I just can't get beyond this premise. Just like the one part in the trailer where it's uh, who, who plays Love or whatever it is. Uh, girl who's in Pirates of the Caribbean. Kira Knightley. Yeah. Just the one part where she just like starts crying at him, and he's just like, "You never cared about." Everyone, or something like that. I don't know what when the line that, is. Aaron's not seen this trailer. Everyone. I have seen this trailer multiple <laughs> times. It plays before like every single movie I've gone it to. It really does, yeah. She's but it's just—it was just like so. Maybe it's just a poorly she cut trailer. Love, love but it's just such an awkwardly melodramatic line. <laughs> oh, the movie is going to be super melodramatic. But you know right. it's getting Oscars left like, and right. <laughs> it's like, trying Here too we go. hard. It's trying too hard to manipulate emotions. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I'm not feeling it. You're not like, going to have an impact that way. Will Smith, you get an Oscar nom. And Edward Norton, you He's, get an Oscar nom. This movie is not going to get Oscars. Kate Winslet, you get an Oscar nom. <laughs> it's not going to get Oscars. I'm guaranteeing it. It's not going to get any Oscars. It's not going to get any Oscars. I'm calling it right now. I'm, I'll, I'll place. I'll put. I'll put money on this with you, Lacey. You want to go in on this? I mean, sure. <laughs> How much? <laughs> no, uh, we'll discuss it off air. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, Don't want to reveal how rich we are. Yeah. So, man, how about two million? <laughs> I don't know, man. I this feels very Oscar baity to me. Everything it, about it. It does, but. It doesn't look like it's... It's not going to be good enough when you got such a tough competition this year. It is tough competition. All right. I'm not saying it's going to win any. I'm saying it's going to get nominations. I don't see it getting a nomination. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Not even for Will Smith. After the big debacle last year, you're going to tell me they're not going to be like, (laughs) we can make everyone happy by giving Will Smith the nomination. (laughs) I think, I think there are plenty of other minority actors oh, yeah, that totally. are Moonlight. more deserving of Oscar noms than Will Smith. If they try to nominate Will Smith to kind of be like, oh, guess we're not racist anymore, <laughs> it's just not going to go well because no, there's been so all. many other great performances this year. Especially because he was also in Suicide Squad this year. And they're going to be like, did you forget the Suicide Squad? <laughs> what are well, we? Eddie Redmayne was allowed to keep his Oscar after Jupiter Ascending. That's so, you know. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to end up seeing this movie. Not this week. Um, maybe I'll go. I'll, I'll binge Miss Sloan. Um, Collateral Beauty, La La Land, and Nocturnal Animals. I'll just go, dun, 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 dun. there we go. Four big ones. Not Manchester by the Sea? It's not out here. 
Oh, it's, I thought it was expanding uh, this weekend. Oh, this weekend? I don't know. I think also, so. I feel weird about it now because the whole Casey Affleck thing. <laughs> it's like every single movie is, it is now. Why? Like, just, just wanna... be good people, actors. Just be good people. It's very frustrating. Here's the thing. All right, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, Casey Affleck, pretty serious sexual harassment claims against him. I, I thought about this long and hard today because I just heard about it today, and I'm like, it, he's one person in this movie. It's not worth punishing everyone in this movie for the sins of one man. I don't know. The internet's probably that's, like, that's what how I was dare trying, you? <laughs> but, that's kind of like what I was getting at with uh, Birth of a Nation, but at the same time, Birth of a Nation was also written and directed yeah. by the same guy. So I think... I will end up seeing Birth I, I of a wasn't, Nation. But, applying that to Birth of a Nation, but that's the argument I was making when we were talking about right. Birth of a Nation. And it's I think it's a very when, different what, case. In this kind of case, when it's just like the one actor kind of in isolation, as opposed to like so many great elements surrounding him. Yeah. Which, internet hate us if you want for saying that. Probably will, so. <laughs> but, you know, you gotta, you gotta go with your conscience on this one. So, I mean, I, I feel know. like I'm probably just going to wait for it to hit Amazon anyway, because yeah. it's an Amazon, Amazon Studios it film, yeah. so I'm like, they put them up on Prime fairly quickly. Hopefully soon. Saves me the money. Hopefully soon, because I want to see it before the Oscars. So. Well, Oscars aren't usually till like, February, February or March. But I don't so. know when they put it up. I mean, Cafe Society came out, like, July, and it's not even up on it yet. It comes out in December, so. Yeah, but... July to December is not that bad. It's five but, months. Yeah. This movie's I not mean, even out of theaters yet. <laughs> like, no, it's in theaters. It's just not in all it's theaters. It's not out of theaters, though, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> we got so off track. Collateral Beauty. Aaron, if you had to pick one yeah. movie from these two to see this weekend, what one would you pick? Oh, it, it's definitely Collateral Beauty. You know? Yeah. I'm going to say Star I'll, Wars. I'll I know it's the Dark Horse pick, but <laughs> Star Wars. I mean, just, it's a Star Wars prequel, so, you know. Yeah, you can't, you can't stand be trash. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to what have we been watching this week. Aaron, I have such yeah. a short list. I have one movie. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. I don't think I have anything else I'm thinking, but I'm like, eh. We had the Smash tournament yesterday. David's not here to talk about that, so, you know, I, I didn't have time to watch movie on my normal Did you Saturdays. <laughs> I got halfway through. I got halfway <laughs> through. I hadn't played for six months, and I was kept telling myself, I need to practice. I need to practice or I'm going to lose, and I never practiced. <laughs> I lost. But, um... You know, congratulations! To Everything the about that sounds is 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 exactly what I would have expected. Yeah, yeah. You not practicing and you coming in like halfway. <laughs> yeah, I. But you know, I taught some people a few things about Palutena, how she's the best Smash character. I'm like, you know, you got to know how to use her. But my she's big, not, my uh, big sin. No. The one guy beat me once as Palutena. I'm like, I got to switch, switch to Shulk, beat him. I'm like, I'm gonna play Shulk again. Bad choice. I needed to keep switching it nope, up so he got confused. That's... Can't do that. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about Smash Bros. now for some reason. Oh, oh. also, wanted to mention this. This is why I brought this yeah. up. Um, met Atim. 
uh, the guy who, the man who uh, made our podcast artwork. Uh, thanked him very much for that. Uh, thank you, Atim. Really cool guy. Follow him. I believe I put his Twitter in all of our descriptions. So you should check him out. He's a nice guy. And thank you very much for doing that. Um, Aaron, one movie yes. this week. I'm still thinking. Right. I, I got two movies on rent right now. I need to watch them. Everybody wants some. I got the 99 cent rental on Vudu. Um, all right. And uh, also Money Monster 99 cent <laughs> rental <laughs> with three days left. I'm like, ah, do I want to watch this? <laughs> if I don't watch it, it's only 99 cents gone, but still. <laughs> but you got to watch it just so you can start catching up to me. I know. On the 2016 films. We need a we need to set an end date for this uh oh, but this like really low key competition. Right? Yeah, we really do. We'll we'll figure that out later. But um, the one movie I watched this week, no, not that movie. Oh, brother, where art thou? Uh, the Cohen nice. brothers film, uh, starring George Clooney, and uh, I really loved it. I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of feeling a Cohen brothers movie. I was like, should I watch Burn After Reading or or Oh Brother Where Art Thou? I was like, Caroline, which one should I watch? She's like, oh, you'll like Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I'm like, okay. yeah, you made the right choice between those two. Yeah, Burn After Reading is good, but it's not one of their best. No, I hear that one's like really darkly violent though, so that one might actually be like thumbs up from Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> um. I know one scene in that movie in particular that I'm just like, oh god, it's messed up. But uh, anyway, back to the movie I did watch, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, did not know going into it, it's just an adaptation of The Odyssey. I'm like, yeah, awesome. Like, that's awesome, but it's just set in the So, like, and... did you learn that after you watched the film? No, because I saw or it in the opening before credits. you watched it, okay. Yeah, in the opening credits, it's like, based on The Odyssey by Homer. I'm like, what? And then, like, knowing that, getting all the different references, like, in, like you know, right. John I was going to say, like, if you don't know that, it makes the movie feel a bit random. Aaron's just jumping, skipping you know? around. Now you're back. If you don't... If you... <laughs> just, if you don't know that, the movie feels oh. random. Gotcha. But you <laughs> Nothing just... changed on my end. Oh, okay. Um, I agree, I agree. Uh, especially John Goodman's character, where he's just like, why does he have one eye? <laughs> and it's like, oh, he's the Cyclops. So, all right. Um, yeah, no, I really loved it. It's, I was saying to Aaron, I think the Coens might be my uh, Christopher Nolan. And that might sound weird, but Aaron, like, loves Christopher Nolan. Like, I really love Christopher Nolan as well, but not to the point that I think Aaron loves Christopher Nolan. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, yeah. I love Hail although, Caesar. Oh. Although he didn't get, he only got one movie into my top uh, 15, I guess, now that we've sorted this out. I got, he got one into mine as well. Not the same one, though, obviously. But Yeah. Um, what did I even, oh yeah, they're, they're basically my Nolan, where I'm just like, everything they make that I've seen, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no, I like this. <laughs> like, Hail Caesar, I love this year. Um, <laughs> I didn't put it anywhere near my... I mean, I'm... Oh. No, continue, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say I'm surprised that you... You like them so much at this point, but you still haven't seen some of their biggest and, uh, you know, right. most critically acclaimed Haven't films. seen Fargo. Haven't seen No Country for Old Men. Haven't seen Big Lebowski. 
so those are like the big three that I haven't seen that I'm like, I need to see those, but they're not streaming anywhere. So it's like, it's kind of hard for me to pick those. I think No Country for Old Men's on Netflix. I have that one on my shelf too, so I will watch that one. That's oh. a very different kind of Coen Brothers movie though. I can tell. It's very right. serious. So. But it's very good. It's one of their better ones. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I love Hail Caesar. Um, loved this movie. This might be one of my favorite movies of all time, but I didn't put it anywhere near my list. Because I'm like, I need to see it a few more times before I know for sure. Um, and even Bridge of Spies, which was just written by them, I'm like, yeah, I like Bridge of Spies quite fine. <laughs> but, so, yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm fully expecting to see all of their movies and really like them. Um, heard a fun story about Garfield today. Okay. <laughs> Where uh, well, Bill Murray thought that the Garfield movie was being written by the Oh, yes. <laughs> and just agreed without reading the script. <laughs> Can you imagine if they had written a Garfield movie? <laughs> like how high was Bill Murray? Ever. <laughs> like, how high was he? He was just like, yeah, they're making Garfield, man. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Highly recommend. Um, just everything about it, I was just like, this is like, I don't know. I don't, it's, hard, it's hard to say too much about it. I'm like, just go watch it. There's like the siren scene, which is hilarious, uh, especially afterwards where they're, uh, they're in the diner. And there's just the... <laughs> <laughs> the scene where he's like, well, we were both fixing to fornicate. And then the girl just walks up and is like, what? <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just George Clooney's performance in this one. Man, he's hilarious. And when uh, uh, Big Dan or whatever the Bible salesman's name is, he hits uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson over the head with the log. He's like, what's going on, Big Dan? <laughs> He hits him in the head. What was that for, Big Dan? <laughs> he like doesn't understand what's happening. It's just they're just three idiots, but they're so lovable, even though they're horrible. It's uh it's a great film. Mm -hmm. It's a great film. So Yeah. Great music as well. Oh my god. I have yeah. the soundtrack album and it's it's all good. What's the name of the one? I know the one that they sing, the Soggy Bottom Boys, they sing it. The the Man of Constant Sorrow? Yeah, Man of Constant Sorrow. That one? Knowing, yeah, knowing that, the story behind that, where George Clooney practiced for so long to sing that song, and they're like, no, you're not going to actually sing it. And it's like, ah, oh, poor George Clooney. <laughs> he, like, tried. And knowing that, it's, like, so obviously ADR'd, you're just kind of like, eh. But that's my one complaint for a movie that otherwise I'm loving completely, so... Well, I mean, I think it works. Like, I think they, I think the Coen Brothers, like, no, it's obviously ADR, and they're just kind of like leaning into it, you know? Like, they're not really trying to fool you into thinking they're actually singing. That's a good singing. point. That's a good point. I can see that. Yeah, that's all I've seen this week. I, you know, I have that one week of tons of movies, and I'm just kind of taking it easy this week. So, what you got, Aaron? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, the big thing that I watched this week, is I finally finished Mad Men. Ooh, all right. Because, you know, it's the, it's the end of the semester, so my class is drawing to a close. I mean, we technically have one more class period left, but we watched 
the final episode. Mm-hmm. How'd you like and it? And so, obviously not getting into any spoilers, right. but I guess I liked the ending for certain characters, and then for other characters, I didn't really like the ending. Like, they're... they're I don't want to say which characters. I don't want to say what happened to them, you know. Don't but say what happened, but did I think you like the the ending for the main character, Mr. John Hamm's character? The ending for, for Don, for, for I loved Don's ending. I thought that was the best part of this. I thought it was a perfect ending, a perfect culmination of his character arc, and just that very unique style of... Uh, you know, just just the whole show just has like these weird oddities, like scattered throughout it, and then just like the ending is like one of those moments, and you're just like, this is per- it's so unconventional and yet so perfect. Okay. You know, the very end of the show. So I thought his ending was perfect, but then there were some like I was a little bit like you know mixed on some of the other side characters where I feel like some of them like got. It feels like some of the endings were perhaps a bit too too much of wish fulfillment. And then yeah. other endings were like this weird, like really, uh, like this realism. Like they were trying to go for like this melancholic ending for these other characters. And then like other characters got like the perfect happy ending and stuff. So it was like this weird mix between all these different feelings. And it's like, I don't. There wasn't like a, you know, overall feeling of the finale. It was right. just like all these kind of like mixed notes to leave it on. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I, I feel that. I feel that. I feel like that's kind of that w- hard to avoid with a show that's gone on as long as Mad Men, though. True. I mean, I feel like part of it just might be, I think... Speaking of like my thoughts on the overall show, I think this is a it's a show I greatly enjoyed. A show I would highly recommend and it's excellent all around. But I also think it's a show that kinda I like struggled with it a bit. Like I struggled with like learning how it wanted me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it's like a very different from a lot of uh others of these like TV shows from the peak TV era, you know, like Breaking Bad or mm-hmm. all these other like plot heavily plot driven shows because it's like this odd thing where it's like they're they're almost like it's almost episodic in some sense where it's like there's self-contained episodes like every like week it's just like almost like a different story a yeah. different like short story with like a beginning middle and end and yet they're also all adding up to these larger stories yeah. And then just like sometimes it will just like be completely like devoid of momentum for like episodes on end because it's just spending so much time building these characters and this like recreation of the world of the 60s. And then all of a sudden it will be like super fast plot momentum in like the last few episodes of the season. So it's like it's not like it's an uneven show, but it's just like very unconventional from like a pacing standpoint, okay. you know? Yeah, no, I feel that. So I, so I feel like there there was this like weird tension between me and the show, always trying to like figure out exactly what it was going for, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be rewatching the finale on Wednesday, 
because there's like I watched the finale outside of class and then the class is watching it this Wednesday. So okay. I'm going to I'm going to watch it again and maybe my thoughts will change on it, but as of now I I would say that it was a solid finale. Like it was fitting with the tone that the whole show was going for. And I think the show was excellent despite, you know, like feeling a bit weird about it, weird about its pacing, about right. its very nature. But I would still highly recommend the show. One of the best shows I've seen, I oh, think. All right. Very nice. Very nice. What else you got? And, all right. So now watched a couple movies <laughs> this week. All right. Watched a couple of 2016 films. I hate you. <laughs> okay. You're one ahead of me First right up, now. Before you say these. So what? Let's see. Before you say this, you're uh, one ahead of me. So let's see what happens. I was one ahead of you. Now I should be four ahead of you, I oh guess. Oh, my God. Because I, I watched three 2016 films. Okay. So first up, mm-hmm. uh, I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. In my Netflix list. Is it any good? It's a film... I wouldn't recommend it to everyone okay. because it's like, it's a very, very slow moving horror film. Like it might be the slowest horror film I've ever seen. The slowest. And so it's so slow. Okay. Like barely anything happens in this movie at all. I'm just warning you. All right. But I think, I think you're one of the, you're one of the people that, would appreciate what this film is trying to do. Okay. You know, one of the people I think would, that would understand what this film is aiming for. Okay. So I would recommend that you watch it. I probably will. I mean, I just haven't it's, it's, gotten around to it yet, but I will watch it before the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's easy enough since it's a Netflix original movie. Exactly. Or I'm not sure Did they if just they just like it, picked maybe? up distribution of it or whatever. I don't know. But like it's it's this thing where it's like it's a very very slow movie, but just like the atmosphere is mm. incredible. Just like I was like constantly like just engaged with this film solely because just like the atmosphere is so perfect. You know, it's it's hard to describe, but it's just like intoxicating. No, I I understand. What you know you're going, what you're saying. It's there. like the very nature of this film, even though like barely anything happens plot wise. Now, I don't want to get too far off of this movie, but I want to say that this is, hearing you talking about this, this reminds me of how I felt watching Creep. So if you like this, you should probably watch Creep, because it is a slow movie. Not much happens in it, but it is that atmosphere, that feeling of dread throughout the whole movie. Like, when's it going to finally happen? When's it finally going to break? When's it finally going to become, like, a real horror movie? And whether or not you actually get that ever depends on what you... How how you see horror in horror movies? So that's you still need to watch Creep. You would love it. Um, I, it's in my queue. <laughs> you should watch it. That way you don't watch a 2016 film, and you know you kind of just <laughs> get back around on that. Yeah. So yeah, I based on what you just said there, I would yeah definitely recommend this film to you. But I think you know. People who are looking for just, like, a fun horror movie to, you know, just, like, watch with, like, a bunch of jump scares or mm-hmm. something. 
it's like it's not i think that's why there seems to be like such a negative reception to this movie right like it's getting a lot of bad reviews from the audience a lot of good reviews from critics one of those films mm-hmm. and i think it's just because you know different expectations of what it's trying to do like hush like everyone who's smart loved hush nope and everyone who's nope. dumb thought it was bad not not like hush at all <laughs> not like hush at all all right so moving on all right i watched yoga hosers that's on netflix too that's in my queue too yes <laughs> They put it on Netflix, so I was like, well, I guess I'll watch this. (laughs) Is it as bad as I think it is? It's so bad. (laughs) It's embarrassingly bad. It's like, I I haven't seen a lot of Kevin Smith's movies. Which ones have you seen? I feel like like I've just seen this and Zack and Mary make a porno. I feel like those are the only two I've seen. I've not seen Clerks. You need to watch Clerks, and you need to watch Mallrats. There you go. Clerks is in my queue. Chasing Amy is in my queue. I don't know what other of his movies are on Netflix. Chasing Amy... You're middling. I've heard a lot of mixed things about Chasing Amy. At the time, Chasing Amy probably made sense to a lot of people, but knowing the things we know now as a human race... Maybe Okay, no, no, I, I I get where you're coming from, yes. Yeah, yes, it, I, it's I get it. It's very much a product of the time, and you have to like put yourself in that mindset to enjoy it at all. So it, it's very strange. Right? No, I'm. I understand. But yeah, just yoga hoses is it? It <laughs> was very close to the bottom of my list. It's just it's not it's not funny. It's not clever. It's like it's not well acted or well directed or well written or anything. It doesn't have like anything going for it at all. I mean, I guess it's 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 slightly charming in that like Kevin Smith like obviously like really cares about his daughter and wanted to make a great film for her to star in. Yeah. But then like that's like the only aspect of it that, you know, is just like keeps you from absolutely hating it. I mean, personally, I'm, I'm on the side that thinks Kevin Smith's just a charming guy to begin with. So, like, I, I will watch this movie and be like, I like you, Kevin Smith. Let's let's see, take me on a ride here. And then you will, and I'll be like, it wasn't your best ride, but uh, it was a ride, at least. I, I, you gave me what I asked for, so. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess maybe since I haven't seen his earlier work. Mm-hmm. I'm not that forgiving yeah. for his later work. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to watch this, and it, I'm, I'm like, guaranteeing it'll be low as well, because just the trailer, I'm like, so zombies, huh? <laughs> okay. I guess. Yeah. Now, have you seen so, Tusk? I have not, but I didn't know the two were connected. Well, they're, they're both they're, yeah, they take... The, they they have uh, characters that reappear in this one that were in Tusk. What? Yeah. Well, that makes sense because I think Tusk and this movie were conceived on the spot on their podcast. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're kind of like in the Kevin Smith podcast universe. So. Yeah, and they already announced the third one 
they like announce it in the end credits for of Yoga Hosus, and it's like moose jaws. Like it's it's jaws with a moose, and they called it moose jaws. Do you realize why I like these movies though? <laughs> They're just so B movie, and they just put something into them. I'm not gonna say work or <laughs> quality, but I want to say that they put love into it. I guess I don't know. There is like some. There is a level of fun and just like you know that. They are able to make these crazy concepts into a movie. Like they're actually able to get it financed, yeah. Get some real actors in it, and then like make these ridiculous concepts. On that mm-hmm. level, there's an appeal. Yeah. But just everything else in the movie is just dreadful. Oh, I I completely believe you, Aaron. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm right there with you with that. All right. So next, I watched. High Rise. Oh, yeah, that's the Tom Hiddleston one? Yep. Alright, how was that? I, I definitely enjoyed it, you know? Like, I had been... It's been in my queue for, like, a while now, because, like, it got pretty mixed reception from, like, Netflix? both critics and fans. So I was, like... I kept on, like, coming across them, just, like, do I want to watch this, or... Do I not want to watch this? And then finally, I'm like, I guess I should watch another 2016 movie so I can beat Lacey. Is and it, then so I was like, Netflix? I guess I'll finally watch this. <laughs> is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. But I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it was going to be. I was like, after watching it, I was like, why did I put off watching this? I mean, why did I choose to watch like Yoga Hosers before watching it? Yeah, this that's movie? a strange choice, but all right. <laughs> but it was, it wasn't great. I feel like once it kind of got revealed as like this, you know, just kind of like another one of these parables about like economic disparity, it's just like I I understood like exactly where this was all heading, exactly what was going to happen, exactly what I was going to get out of this film. So I was like, once that was revealed, I was kind of a bit less enthusiastic about it. Yeah. But what really drew me into this movie at the beginning and what kept me engaged throughout was just it's visually great just like some of the best directing i've seen this year you know just like very innovative and very uh visually well done okay that's interesting so i think on that aspect it's definitely worth a watch and you know it's a it's a good film throughout it's just kind of like Tom Hiddleston. Remi- I love Tom what? Hiddleston. So, yeah, he does a good job. There's some. Uh, <laughs> you get to see some uh, some of some more of him. Some more of uh, front yeah. and back. Yeah, um, all all of it. Yes, <laughs> we did it. We did it. 2016. We did it. You know what? I was like, what can redeem so, I mean, 2016? What can redeem if, 2016? If, that, if that's your thing, go watch High Rise. I'm going to watch it tonight. And also, if you want to watch a fairly good, very, a visually engaging movie, watch it as well. So uh, then the last thing I watched this week, it, it's not a 2016 film. Good. I feel like this is like the first non-2016 film I've watched in a while. But I watched uh, Begin Again. 
which is it's that so film weird. with my sister just watched this like the other night too so that's just funny that really yeah all right <laughs> well i mean it's from the director of sing uh sing street yeah. so like after i enjoyed sing street so much i was like i guess i'll check out this film and i mean it was it was good as well you know like i feel like if you enjoyed sing street you're gonna enjoy this movie all right well I'm because it's now. just kind of like that same kind of experience yeah like I got the director of this and the director of La La Land mixed up because they're just like both like music directors. Like they both just make movies about music. <laughs> it's like, all right, mm-hmm. cool. But. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was actually kind of upset because like I was reading up on this, uh, on begin again after I saw the film and I read that like the director apparently was like saying some really mean things about uh, Kira Knightley during the promotion of Sing Street. Like he was just being like, she couldn't do anything I wanted her to do. She was just like a model. She wasn't an actress. And I was like, hey, I was getting really upset because actually I thought her performance in the film was like incredible. Just like really natural acting like throughout the entire film. But I just thought her in particular that she did an incredible job. And I was like, how can you, you know, not be satisfied with this work? And also, you know, she has been an actress like her entire life. So I don't understand what his complaint was. But so, yeah, I mean, good acting, good songs. Once again, I think I like the Sing Street songs better just because like they were, you know, it was a more unique style, I suppose. They went for the 80s aesthetic all the way. From the music, right? Exactly. Like they went for it. Whereas this one is more just kind of like, like the traditional, like indie kind of rock that you'll find in these films. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, there was no, it was still you. good music. So yeah, I would if you enjoyed Sing Street, I would recommend this one as well. I will definitely watch it then because I like me some Mark Ruffalo. I like me some Keira Knightley. I like me some. Sing Street director. So, yeah. I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> All right. Well, good. But yeah, that was my book. <laughs> Aaron. Yes. We have a brand new topic on the show. Uh, oh, what? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, I can't believe you already forgot. I mean, you were turmoiling over this. For <laughs> I, I was. All right. So, guys, we're mm. going to be going through our top 10 movies of all time. This week, we're going to do our 10th favorite movie and five honorable mentions. And then the next week, nine, next week, eight, so on, so on, so on, until number one. Then again, we scrap this. We go on to another uh, different topic for this. You know, we keep it fresh here on the podcast. Um, right. This is replacing the Pitch It or Ditch It yes. segment. If you miss Pitch It or Ditch It, it'll be back. I guarantee it. Um, but Aaron, uh, let's go yes. through our... Through our uh, Honorable mentions first. We have five. And also, David yes. will be here next week. He'll give out his nine, ten, and his honorable mentions next week then. So, let's look forward to that. All right. Aaron, what do you get? Yes. Do you want me to give all five? Yes, go through your five. I don't think we're going to really talk alternate. about it much. But we're just going to be like, hey, here are our honorable mentions. I'm not going to talk well, about you might. Much. You might be upset with me about one of these only making my honorable mentions. Okay. Let's see. But, oh, all right. 
Uh, yeah, just start she from... Is, mine aren't in any particular order, so... Mine aren't either. Okay. That's what I was just going to ask. Like, right. Do you want them to be in any particular order? No, no, no. All right, so some, some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. These, I was actually surprised by some of these that made honorable mentions because I almost thought they would make the top ten, but then yeah. I changed my mind. So, Back to the Future. Okay. I can see that. Uh, Blade Runner. The final cut, of course. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic Park. RoboCop. And Star Wars Episode Five. I'm mad about two of those, to be honest. <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> Park. <laughs> episode yep. Five. I realize you're not like super. I mean, like you love Star Wars, but like I'm like Star yep. Wars. <laughs> so like I'm like okay, Episode <laughs> Five is not that high. All right. You've seen way more movies than me. Um, but Jurassic that's Park. That's. Yeah, I mean, that's when I usually think of being in my top ten. And it is a great movie. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the fact that it's even an honorable mention means a lot. Like, I mean, it's it's it sounds weird, to, you know, like not have them at the top ten, but even top fifteen out yeah, of like fifteen hundred movies I've seen. <laughs> yeah, no, I that's agree. a lot. All right, well, I guess I'll go through mine then. Here we go. Let's, uh, in no particular order. Rear Window, um, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, The Conjuring, and Hot Rod, because Hot Rod is my favorite <laughs> comedy of all time. So, got to give give that yeah. to it. Um, I I almost I had hot like I wrote out a list. I went through my list of every movie I've ever seen and I wrote out a list, and Hot Rod was like one of the finalists on that list. But then it didn't make the top 50. <laughs> I realize it's not a great movie, but it is hilarious. Exactly. So. Yeah. All right. Like, so it's we... endlessly rewatchable and exactly. consistently hilarious, but... Exactly, exactly. And I don't know, man. Not the best piece of cinema. Just... I've always considered Avengers my number two movie of all time. And I was just kind of thinking about it. And I'm like, but not really. Like, I love it. And I'm forever <laughs> indebted to the Avengers for what it did for me and my love of film. But it's just... Mm-hmm. it's not up there with some of these. I mean, we'll get to them later, but even, I think you and I both agree, our lists surprised us. So, hopefully right. they'll surprise well, I mean, I think the well. thing is, is when I traditionally think of making a top ten list like this, I think of all the movies that are like constantly watched over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and those will include the likes of like Back to the Future and Jurassic Park and... Uh, what were you just? Empire. What were you just talking about? Hot Rod. No, not. Hot, no. What were, hot Rod. What were we literally just. Avengers. About? Avengers. Avengers. <laughs> oh my god. And Avengers, but I when I w- set out to make my actual list, I was like, I don't want to go with the films that I'll constantly rewatch, but mm-hmm. the, like the films that actually had like a profound impact on my life and like the way I thought about things and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. That's the way I made my list. Like, there are the ones that I watch constantly and constantly and constantly. But those ones, those movies that I have watched, those movies that I do watch constantly, there's a reason for it, I think. Um, There's only, like, three of them, but they are movies that shaped me as a kid. And, uh, you know, I don't know. They're just important, I think, to me. But, like I said, later up on the... Not later on the list. I guess it'll be sooner for the people listening. 
But there are ones that I would have never expected to be on this. So, um, hopefully yeah, me too. You guys will be happy to hear it. And actually, my number ten is one that I would have never expected would be on here. Um, Go for it. It wasn't my Just... honorable mentions, but I moved it up. Super eight. Um, I freaking oh. love Super eight. And like the, every time I think about Super eight, I'm like, I love Super eight even more than I thought I loved Super eight. And then I watch Super eight, and I'm like, I love Super eight. <laughs> like, um, this is one of those movies we had. A, we had a debate for a long time, Aaron. What was the best 2011 film? <laughs> it's Super Eight. Aaron was arguing Captain America: The First Avenger. No, no, not at all. Um, sorry, Aaron. I hate to bring that one back up. <laughs> no, I mean I think I'm on your side now. Okay. I think you were right. Good, good. Um. I'm 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 an adult, so I'm going to admit when I was wrong, even, <laughs> even you... though it was still a matter of opinion. <laughs> it really is. Um, Super Eight's one of those movies that it manages to exceed its predecessors, like it, it the things that it's spiritually linked to, like E.T., um, like really any Steven Spielberg film, Close Encounters, um, stuff like that. I love those movies. I love E.T. I watched it again recently. I mean, I even talked about it on the podcast where I was like, this movie is a triumph of cinema that I just somehow forgot was good. <laughs> but um, but Super 8 just does it for me in a different way because it is so much like J.J. Abrams saying, I love these movies as a kid. I love these. I want to make one that is just as good, if not better. Like, it's the argument that everyone makes about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The cartoon right now is better than the 80s cartoon, according to people, because it's people who grew up with it wanting to make something even better. And I think that really works for J.J. Abrams. I mean, I love J.J. to begin with. It's just him taking his Cloverfield monster, basically, and putting it with these really believable kids. Like, every child actor in this movie is actually really good for some reason. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Child actors, never good. Super 8 is the movie I point you to to change that opinion. Um, and there's just like a profound amount of heart in this movie where every time I watch it, I mean, I mean, I don't want to spoil any of these top 10 movies because we're, this is obviously a ringing endorsement from us. If it's in our top 10, go watch this movie. But that final scene where, you know, his, his dad just comes up to him and puts his arm on his shoulder and they watch it. The, the spaceship go away or whatever it just tears every time because it just so profoundly affects me that relationship if there's a father-son connection in a movie i'm gonna cry to be honest <laughs> like but that story of his mom dying and you know his dad not really being there for him and then just kind of that whole story arc of the father really because the kid, main character, father's really the one who makes all of the development in that film. And it's great. Um, I don't know. I just ranted about Super 8 for <laughs> like five minutes. No, that's, that's fine. I was just uh, letting you talk because, yeah. you know, obviously this is number 10. Yeah. But, I mean, it was, it was close to my, my uh, top 10 as well. Like, it was another one of those finalists because this is like, this is one. There's there were there's a couple films that fall into this category, but this was one of the films that made me want to get into the film business. Just like both, you know, watching J.J. Abrams 
you know, growing up loving these Steven Spielberg films and then getting to grow up and uh, get a chance to direct one yeah. in the reign of that with Steven Spielberg. And then also, like, the kids within the movie making their own movie and just, like, watching that whole process, watching the fun they had. It was just, like, I love both of those aspects. I love this movie. And it's, like, I really want to be able to do that someday, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I saw this a bit later. Like, I think I had already seen The Avengers by the time I saw this movie. So, I mean, maybe I would have had that same reaction to it because... I mean, I don't know if I've said this already. That's Avengers. The Avengers is what made me want to get into movies. So, um, which you're probably like, you're a child. Yeah, you're right. I am. Um, but, but uh, you know, but before that, I was just like, eh, movies are a fun waste of time. And then I'm like, no, movies are awesome. <laughs> like they are the pinnacle of entertainment. Um, I I don't know. Super Eight, man. I just think it's profoundly good everything about it um the acting the mute the score is just great yes um good even the monster alien monster or whatever they do it so well to where you can tell he took what he learned from cloverfield and just kind of threw it into this situation that's why i said you know i said took the cloverfield monster basically because it does look a lot like the uh Cloverfield monster, but they show it very sparingly. They don't ever really get full shots on it. You know, you don't really know exactly what's happening. It's dark. It's in, it's, it is in 70s, 80s kids movie in that it's not afraid to be dark and some really messed up things that happen. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's one of those things, like if this came out in the 80s, I mean, I know it came out now, but it's like PG-13. Oh yeah, you do anything dark, PG-13. But if this was an 80s movie, this would totally be like, yeah, kids can see this and take your kids to it or whatever. I don't know. I like that idea. Same with Sing Street, where I'm like, mm -hmm. this came out in the 80s. This kids would be going left and right. Like The Breakfast Club. All rated, but, you know, who cares? <laughs> take your kids to see Breakfast Club. <laughs> which, speaking of which, Breakfast Club was on my short list as well. Didn't make it. But... Mine too, yeah. <laughs> um, it was one of my initial finalists, but also one of the earlier ones to get eliminated now did you have like a rule in this where you're like i'm not going to include a movie from the same series what do you mean i kind of made like because i'm like obviously there was a star wars movie on my list i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna be like oh and here's another star wars movie all one four five six and seven all on my list <laughs> there we go well i mean obviously i asked you about a certain yes film series but that, yeah that will show up on my list at some point, but I, my top 10, I kind of try to add some variety yeah. throughout too. Like I don't have any two films by the same director or the, and a good range in the years. Like there's this weird lumping in like one particular year. We'll get to that later uh, okay. down the list. But <laughs> So like I tried to get some variety going. Yeah, I, I don't suppose, have anything. That's what you're asking. Yeah, I don't have anything by the same director either, actually. Although I've noticed a lot of my films tend to fall into the same genre, mm. but <laughs> same, same. So yeah, that's super eight. Aaron, what is your uh, number ten? Well, 
I don't think, well, I've obviously, I've sung its praises a lot, so you're probably not going to be terribly surprised by this film, but you might be surprised that it did make it this high, and that is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Sweet Jesus. Okay. (laughs) You you guys talk about it so often. I, I don't understand why you have not watch this movie maybe i'm hyping it up too much it's partially the point where i'm like maybe i'm just never gonna see it maybe they're just gonna be like always watch it i'm gonna be like yeah maybe (laughs) i'll just never watch it now but i mean i i obviously can't i'm not gonna spoil right just precisely why this film had such a huge impact on me but it's just like it's this thing where it was a film like I was curious about when it first came out. I didn't see it until like a couple years after it came out. And it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, it's another like kind of coming of age dramedy kind of thing. It's like, this is, you know, kind of my jam, mm-hmm. as I've repeatedly said on this podcast. Right. You've said and that. So I was like, Those exact words too, actually. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that's my jam. That's my, using the phrase, that's my jam, is my jam. So. All right. But. So I watched this and just, I'm, I cried. I just, I like cried through so much of this film. Like I did not expect it to connect so personally with me mm-hmm. as, you know, so it's like, it's this thing where it's like, I feel like a lot of people, I've come across a lot of people that seem to have this kind of personal connection to the film. And then yet it feels like everyone is latching onto like different aspects of it to form that personal connection. So in the same way, it's like one of the most intimate and most universal films I've seen where it feels like it's almost connecting everyone in this shared emotional experience. And yet everyone is able to draw out these elements of themselves in the characters, you know? Mm-hmm. so I just I there were so many elements that I connected to in this film that I just like deeply personally connected to and yet at the same time there's also all these elements that I don't connect to and I'll like overlook those elements I'll fixate on only the elements that do connect with me but then other people will come along and connect to those elements instead and so we'll both love this movie but we'll love them for like entirely different reasons and I think that's just incredible, that kind of communal experience, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And I think that's also perfect fitting in what the film was about, because it's essentially a film about outcasts and, like, coming together as outcasts and, like, all these broken people and all this. Because, uh, like, every single character in this movie is extremely well-developed and has their own character arc going. And they're all incredible performances like logan lerman fantastic performance as the main character and emma watson like you don't even really recognize her as emma watson even though this was you know post harry potter and she was like so famous but like she completely becomes this role and you barely even recognize her as hermione so fantastic performances uh ezra miller as well this is the film that introduced him to me it was like the only film i had seen with him until he's now started to show up in the everything in in everything yeah (laughs) how about that train wreck role though was he in train wreck 
Yeah. And it's like, he's only 16. <laughs> you not I don't remember that at all. <laughs> oh my God. We got to look up that scene after this, but yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. But I also think that it's also a really well-directed film, like surprisingly well-directed because it was directed by the author of the book. Whoa, what? And I think it was his directorial debut. That makes me really debut. interested now. Yeah. That's I've awesome. never I've never read the book because like I watched the movie first and I had this huge emotional connection to the film. So I was like, am I going to get the same experience out of the book or is the book going to like give me a, like a cheaper version of that experience? So I've like I've purposely avoided ever reading the book. But the fact that the author directed and wrote the adaptation is, you know, perhaps why it turned out so well. Right. And I do think for his debut uh, directing job, it's very well done. Like, there's especially, maybe this isn't so much directing, but editing, but there are some really clever and fun uh, transitions between scenes okay. throughout this film that every time they, like, show up, I'm just like, that's some really well done uh, filmmaking right there. Okay. Now, Aaron, real quick, before you go on, I wanted to make a point about the not reading the book thing. That's mm -hmm. me with Jurassic Park. Even though, by all accounts, the book is outstanding and so much better than the movie, I'm like, no, this movie is is love to me. <laughs> I will never I mean, tarnish it. I feel like, though, in that case, the book is a much different experience than the movie because it's a lot more scientifically minded right. and stuff. So I think I would recommend both in that case. No, I'm not going to do it. Because one's so much of a fun family adventure, and the other one's like this hardcore science, chaos theory, all that stuff. <laughs> hardcore science. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't want to derail us too much. Oh, no. I mean, that's pretty much it. Although I will say, it even got, it got even more personal lately, because, you know, it was, when I first saw it, Actually, I've, no, I first saw it, like, right after I moved to the Pittsburgh area. Oh. And it, it was filmed in Pittsburgh. It takes place in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And so, like, once I became more familiar with the Pittsburgh area, like, I recognized locations from the film that I've, I've actually been to those locations. So it got even more personal in that regard. And I was like, this is this is really neat. Like, this is the most personal connection I've ever had to a movie, I think, is I in this movie. And that's why it had to make my top ten. I definitely need to watch it. Marissa, you have you have you have that fault that perks of being wallflower? Can I can I borrow that? No, I can't borrow it. Thanks. Alright. Well, there you go, Aaron. That's why I haven't watched it. Sister's just self medicating in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Go away, Marissa. All right, Aaron. <laughs> Is that all you got to say about Perks of Being a Wallflower? I guess. Without, obviously, I can't get into spoilers. Sorry about that. I, I wish I could have seen it so you could have gotten deeper into it. But... Marissa's saying it's a very good film. Marissa, no one likes a backseat podcaster. Get out of here. Get out of here. All right. Okay. Let's move on, Aaron. All right. First, let me say, this is definitely on David's top ten as well. I don't know where, but we're going to hear about this movie again, <laughs> so just buckle up, everyone. <laughs> All right, guys. I mean, yeah. Let's move it's on. pretty much a guarantee. 
to the bad movie of the week. Oh my god! I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey, give me my ball. Carpet day! Huh? No! All right. Aaron. You got a little bit of a bad movie for us. You said you had something a little special planned for this. I, I do have something very special planned mm -hmm. because it's. I was looking at what we were going to be talking about this week, and I was like, well, there's only one option that's perf that perfectly fits in here. So I want you to think back to what we were talking about in the main topic. Okay. And a little something we were talking about in the upcoming movies. And I want you to draw a connection here. <gasps> there is only one. <laughs> That's right. This movie, it's this the is Star Wars holiday special. This is so bad. I pretend it doesn't exist. This is one I can actually talk about. All right. I mean, with that with that setup, I was like, we need to talk about. Yeah, this. we really do. We really do. And um, travesty, complete travesty. Abomination. Yeah. Just what were they thinking? Why was this made? Um, I mean, money. like <laughs> money, 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 money. Could they even really make that much money off of it? No, because <laughs> no one was buying. No one was rushing out. I need that. Uh, God, what was that Did VHS? It... I need that VHS of a, a Star Wars Christmas special. Did Did anyone even make it? to the first commercial break to get the money from that advertising. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, it's not even like... It's not Star Wars. It's like it's like seven minutes into this film before you get the first hologram sequence. So it's like, <laughs> if you didn't realize at that point how terrible this was going to be, yeah. you know, you were just completely blindsided by the Star Wars phenomena. Let's let's go through all of the completely misguided things that happen in this. Number one, it's set with Chewbacca's family <laughs> waiting for him to come back from war. <laughs> I mean, like, like first off, what happened to his family? After the events of this special, <laughs> like, did, did he not care about them in episode three? They got a did divorce. He, did he not care about them in episode five? <laughs> they got a divorce. Chewbacca went to the store, never came back to his kid. <laughs> you know what? I gotta go pick up a few things from Wookie Mart. I'll be right back. <laughs> gotta go get some conditioner for my fur. <laughs> and then Grandpa Wookie, you know, he just watches porn in the corner all night, so... <laughs> Legitimately a scene in the Star Wars Christmas special. I mean, yes. All pretty right. much. I mean, not explicitly stated, no. but... He has, like, a the, VR headset where he watches VR porn. He, he has a VR headset, and then this, like, lady comes up, and, he's, and she's just like, I am all yours, or yeah. whatever, and it's like, what is this? Kids. Kids are watching. Ki ki kids are watching. <laughs> Alright, so what's another thing you want to bring up about how bad it is? 
Okay, I've wrote I've, I've written down uh multiple points mm-hmm. from this. So like, there's this one part where it's like the, the this imperial officer goes to this guy's store, like this this friend of the Wookiee's family or whatever, and then like the guy just like starts selling him this grooming set. For, oh, like, yeah. five minutes. Like, it's a yeah. five-minute scene. And he's just, like, going into all the details of this grooming set. Like, it's an infomercial for, like, yeah. the Star Wars universe. Yeah. There's that one. Here, let me bring up... Let's go back and forth on this. I got one where the kid uh-huh. wants to build, like, something. So he watches a legitimate tutorial video on how to build this. It's like 10 it's, it's, minutes. It's a, it's a voice modulator because he's yeah. trying to get the stormtroopers out of his house. That's right. That's right. Yes. So he watches a tutorial video for like, this is like five to 10 minutes of this Christmas special. Christmas special. I mean, learn how to build this thing that doesn't really exist. <laughs> like, okay. Right. Like so much of this is devoted to things that like, they didn't even create the products afterwards they didn't make merchandising for this so they just have like a scene selling this comb that no one can ever buy they have this scene selling this voice modulator no one can ever buy it's like if you wanted to go all in on this why not actually make the products yeah so then like kids go out and buy toys of these but you can't even go that far all right what's your next one um uh, how about the time when they go to Moss Isolate, but it's just, like, the cheapest set version of Like, it's, like, some kind of weird 50s restaurant now. And the lady from Golden Girls, like, sings a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's just, like, the worst musical number. Well, it's not the worst. There's one in I mean, there before that. There, yeah. <laughs> And then, like, pours the milk into his head or something. I don't know. It's yeah. It's like weird that the the it's like they're like singing songs set to the score of Star Wars. Yeah. And it's like, are are we beyond parody at this point? Like, <laughs> where are we at? <laughs> this is all right. So the the worst musical number in it is when Leia mm-hmm. sings at the very end. <laughs> she sings a lot. So the whole thing is centered around... I was, I, was, I was thinking of that. I was thinking, like, you know, like, was that affair between uh, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford going on at this moment? Or was that that song the end of it? Because I, I, that song <laughs> might have ended this entire... <laughs> Probably... <laughs> Yeah, so the whole plot of this is Chewbacca needs to come home from war for Life Day. Totally not Christmas. Life Day. Life Day. And uh, so at the end, Carrie Fisher sings a Life Day song, which is really bad. Like, really bad. Like, aggressively bad. And we're just like, why? Star Wars in a musical? No. Star Wars not musical. Star Wars is sci-fi. And, like, even if we wanted to do this, we wanted to do musical, why do we focus on Chewbacca's family instead of 
you know. Apparently that was like a mandate by George Lucas himself, though. Like that was his sole involvement in crafting this. Is he's like, I want it to be about Chewbacca's family. God, and that wasn't a tip off to anyone that they're like, maybe we shouldn't give him free reign to do anything he wants in a movie. That <laughs> after that, they're still like, yeah, the prequels are a good idea. <laughs> oh my god, what if they had made a prequel special about Jar Jar's family? That would have been the most amazing thing. <laughs> Actually, I wish they would have done that now. It's not too late, George Lucas. Come out of retirement. Come get some of that. Oh, my God. All right, what's your next one? Okay, okay. So this one is just kind of like some dialogue, though. But, like, when Han and Chewie finally arrive at the house and like Han greets the Wookiee family and it's like so weird he's like I consider you guys my family and then he like turns to Chewbacca's son and he's and he's like his voice is changing and he's just like just kidding old buddy or whatever and it's like what are you I is this like a, a joking I, I I don't is this how jokes Aaron, work Aaron, now in the Star Wars not understanding Wookiees have a very different sense of humor, all right? You know, you know, Han understands. He needs to pander to the Wookiee audience. He's like, hey, uh, your voice is changing. And they're like, oh, that's it. Yeah, well, just kidding. <laughs> that was a good one. See, it's like negging. He's like negging them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, how about when they have weird cutaways to different Star Wars characters and they do the one with Luke, and Mark Hamill had just been in that, like, motorcycle accident, and his makeup is, like, the worst it's... thing ever. It's like, just don't include him. Just don't include him at that point. <laughs> it's horrible. All those, like, like before they all meet at the end, all those cameo scenes are, like, so awkward, because it's like, they're supposed to be, like, talking on video monitors, but then they're just, like, switched to this awkward, like, shot with like a fixed camera in the corner of this room yeah. and they, they're just like the all the famous actors are just sitting isolated in their own room like they're as far away from the production of the rest yeah. of this as they possibly can be <laughs> understandably oh my god all right what well, we got something else <laughs> i mean also just everything about this is just so weird just like where does this fit into the to the timeline? Like Darth Vader's back, it, he's back from his uh, Tie Fighter trip. Yeah, he's uh, and I guess the Empire is just kind of like, like Chewbacca can like go home to his family, but then just like the Empire also is on the planet or something, and it's like this weird, like the story doesn't make any sense. Like, it's barely a story, but... It's not then... a story. <laughs> there is no story. <laughs> oh, we also, I guess, have to mention the animated segment where Boba okay. Fett first shows up. I like it's that like, part just fine. Our standards are so low that <laughs> yeah, that's considered yeah. the high point of this. <laughs> exactly. Han Solo's, like, face like, is so worst messed worst animation, too. like, it's so jerky, like, all the time. Yeah. That part's, like, endearingly bad, at least, where you're like, okay, they tried. <laughs> the other one, you're just like... Like, if that didn't convince us Boba Fett wasn't cool, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what 
<laughs> like, before he even showed up in live action for the first time, he was already completely uncool. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how about that part where, I don't know what they were called this time, it was either Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, or Starship, I don't know when their names change, they're the same band, but they just show up and play a song. They just show yep. up and play a song. They, they play a no, song. I, I remember this because, uh, like, it's like when the Empire like uh, invades Chewbacca's home, mm-hmm. and then like he likes the this, the one guy from the Empire like sits down at yeah. this computer, this it. hologram machine to watch it, and then he just like starts tapping his finger along to the <laughs> song, and then they just spend like five minutes on this, and then they get back, and the Empire guy is just like, oh, back to this whole uh, arresting your family and yeah. everything. It's so horribly paced. Like, <laughs> what? Why? Like, get the tension done, and then maybe be like, all right, time for a musical break. Not in the middle of your, like, the high, like, the high point, but, like, the tensest part of your <laughs> special. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I don't know, man. There's also a cooking segment. Yeah. And, and again, it's not an actual meal anyone can make. It's just, like, <laughs> they're... T- it's like, like, I guess they went all in on this, you know, keeping building. it in the Star Wars universe thing. <laughs> also, no subtitles? For the, when the Wookiees just yell at each other for like five minutes on end? And they're just yelling and it's like, I can't... I understand Chewbacca doesn't get subtitles. Can we get subtitles? Maybe just so we understand what's happening? <laughs> like that was, that was a George Lucas mandate as well. You had them, the Wookiee family, and they had to not speak, or not speak English at least. God, and we and we gave this man three movies to direct all on his own with ever just surrounded by yes men. We allowed this to happen <laughs> after this. I really want this Jar Jar holiday <laughs> special really, now. I really do too. Oh my god! All right, well, Aaron. Yep. Got anything else to say about Star Wars? About Star Wars in general or well, about Star- this uh <laughs> it's <a> Christmas special? <laughs> Best Christmas special ever. Best Christmas special of the year. Go watch it. Alright guys, now it's time for the fault in your stars, Aaron. Oh, okay. I didn't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's gonna bug me if I don't. That's fine. I get that, but you're wrong and I hate you. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a, a movie for you here. A couple of reviews. Yeah, I mean, David, it was his week, but again, not here. But uh, you know, we'll we'll bear, we'll bear it. Um, here we go. Ready? Yep. I have a couple. So if you don't get it, some of these are not. You're not gonna get them from it, but once you know the context, you're gonna think they're hilarious. All right, one and a half stars. Thought this was bad back when I was a naive young idiot, and now it's even worse. Try to name one person more unbearable than blank. So that's that's the first one. Okay. It's we're building a, a cinematic universe of reviews right now, so just <laughs> like a like a DC cinematic universe yeah. or like a Marvel cinematic well, universe. Well they're bad reviews, so a DC one. Oh, okay. 
Despise its, or despise, despite its clever idea, this unfunny romantic comedy full of cliches is centered on an annoying, uninteresting couple who never convinces us of what they feel, and it is almost impossible to understand how anyone would fall in love with Blank's detestable character. <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> For a film that is praised as original and funny quite often, in my opinion, it isn't very funny and not very original. Well, technically, it does have stuff which I haven't seen before, and I know that's basically what original means. (laughs) 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 But it's not good original. It feels like they added all the original stuff in just for the sake of being original. (laughs) without really putting much thought into it i never got connected to the characters and that's because they are not honest they're just movie characters what (laughs) if you want to see an honest romance watch blue valentine or richard relanklater's the before trilogy all right then the final one as a film enthusiast you're always on the lookout for innovation in films Not specifically for films which move the goalposts and redefine our notions of cinema, but for those which take something well-worn and familiar and challenge it for a new audience. With this in mind, there is nothing that can get one's gander up more than a film which claims or thinks it is being inventive, when in fact the rest glance beneath its surface shows that it is nothing of the sort. (laughs) Okay, so add up the pieces here. Okay. You've got, it's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. Innovative. Witty. Uh-huh. Detestable female lead, according to these two people. <laughs> I don't know if I'll believe them on that point. <laughs> you definitely won't. <laughs> okay. Rom-com. Original. Original. But not the good original. <laughs> Hmm. I'm stuck. I might need a hint. Um, alright, let me get you something. I don't want to give you a hint that's, like, super obvious. I'll give you the year. Okay. Um, I don't even remember how much year this was. What year is it? Oh my god. Oh my god. It put me back at the beginning of the app. <laughs> Why would you do this to me? I'm getting there, Aaron. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. 2009. 2009. Is it... 500 Days of Summer? It sure is. Alright. <laughs> People hate Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Why do they hate Zoe Deschanel so much? I always think of her as, like, one of the most likable actresses in Hollywood, but these people, they're like, no. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to say it's probably sexism, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that film, and just in particular, they're like, how could you ever fall in love with this girl? Is it just because she breaks up with him? Is that why? (laughs) Like, you're like, how could she do that? It's like. I don't ever believe their love story. You're not supposed to. <laughs> like, that's not what you... Uh, anyway. How, I, mean, I mean, are you really that surprised that they missed the 
point of the movie? No, I get less and less surprised by stupid people every day. I mean, Pizzagate. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> now you've attracted that one. No. <laughs> now we're in on the conspiracy, Lacey. Oh, no! <laughs> I, uh, I hope I get my uh, checks sometime soon. I, I'm, I'm told there's money involved <laughs> in denying this. So... <laughs> Yep, there there is no basement. Where's our nope. money? <laughs> also, also, there is no anti-Trump in Star Wars. So, are we getting paid off for that one too? Are we going to get paid yep, off for that must one? Must be. All right. Must be. Guys, this has been another episode of Reboot Already Underway. A fairly short episode. Now we're in 40ish minutes. So, all right. It's because David. That's time you could spend watching the Star Wars Holiday Special. For real though, like, don't. Everything we just said about it is the most comedy or enjoyment you're gonna get out of it. You'll watch it and be like, "Why are we watching this cooking scene for five minutes? Why are we watching them build this? Watch this uh, tutorial video for five minutes? Why are we watching Starship for five minutes? Like, it's it's pointless anyway." <laughs> Guys, if you want to find us around the internet, you can find us uh, at Reboot Already on on Twitter. Um, also, iTunes, SoundCloud, the good stuff. Um, Aaron, if you want to, uh, blah blah. If people want to find you around the internet, they can find you at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. Uh, this cover blog name is already taken on Tumblr, and yeah, that's it actually. Uh, D- David. Of course, not with us, but he will be back next week. If you want to find him, uh, dbex15 on Twitter, just send him little tweets. Just say, hey, buddy, how'd them exams go? They go good? All right, bye. And then uh, he'll love it. And uh, if you want to find me around the internet, you can find me at Jacob Scott Music on Twitter, uh, Jake Lace on Tumblr for my reviews and stuff. Aaron and I, very special project. We're working on it. Uh, should be... Two weeks? Maybe. Maybe two weeks Hopefully. Hopefully. Depending on finals and stuff. But very soon. Um, by the end of the year for sure. So, uh, yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, dank Harambe memes. Uh, when, when is this going to die, Aaron? When is this going to die? Always mentioning Harambe at the end. I just have no other way to end I'm- my shows now. I'm like waiting. Disney. I don't know I'm, how to end I'm my show. I'm willing to let it die, and <laughs> you I, keep on bringing it up. I don't want to seem too vain, but I'm the Disney of podcasts. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode about Christmas movies. Good. <laughs>